Merloni, Fourier, and Benz. It's Middays with MFB on the WEEI Sports Radio Network at WEEI.com. Final hour of the program. Tim Benz, Lou Merloni, Christian Fourier. Thanks for tuning in after a Bruins victory to start the season against the Philadelphia Flyers last night. 2-1 to the final score. Pleased to be joined right now as you will join us every Thursday at 1 o'clock from NBC. Pierre McGuire. Pierre, thanks for joining us. We look forward to the conversation all year. Uh, thanks a lot, Tim. Really nice visiting with you. Christian, Lou, good to visit with you guys again. Hey, Pierre. How was, uh, how was the summer? Nice little trips planned. Did you enjoy your offseason? We did the D-Day route over in Europe, my uh, wife and two children and I, which was really uh, educational. And then we spent five weeks back home in Canada, and then we were back in the United States where we live and work and have fun. See, Pierre, isn't that so much better than being the GM of the Penguins? You wouldn't, you wouldn't have had to deal with all that. <laughs> all that stuff that went on in Pittsburgh. Instead, you're having a nice vacation. This worked out pretty well for you, I guess, huh? Uh, the Pittsburgh stuff was really interesting. And it's, um, you know, I, I really cherish the friendship and relationship I have with Mario Lemieux. And uh, I had some very interesting uh, dialogue with that organization. I hope they do really well. Uh, at this point in my life, I just wasn't prepared to do what they wanted to do. Um, and so everything worked out for them, and everything's working out for me. Well, so, I mean, so Tim was down there when that was going on. So I no, guess I, was, I, gotta... no, I was here because I just came here. Yeah. Okay, but you were still yeah. monitoring everything that was going on As with I the Penguins. I was driving so, out and moving out was the day that they got fired. What was your opinion of the whole Pierre Maguire you know, situation with him? Did, were, were you for it? Was was I for it for yeah. the Penguins? Yes. No, he didn't want him to hire Pierre. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I didn't want He's them to hire us, Pierre because I knew he was on with us at 1 o'clock no, once a stop week. stop it. I think if Pierre had been the general manager of the Pittsburgh Penguins, the sound bites would have been way better on a regular basis yes, than with Jim Rutherford. I'm going to say that, Pierre. That's for damn sure. Well, that's very nice of you. But uh, I had a different kind of a plan than he had, so we'll see how his plan works. All right, Pierre, let me ask you real quick. Just big picture. You know, look, I'm talking about Boston Bruins. And I know there's a lot of optimism. A lot of people still feel you know they're one of the top teams in the East, and they should. The question is... The question that I would have, right, with the Boychuk deal and Iginla leaving, um, where are they better than last year at this time? And I think that would be, like, my biggest concern. Like, where are they better? Well, they have a healthy Chris Kelly. I think that makes a big difference. Carl Soderberg is a ton better. You saw that last night. I think Louis Erickson will be a ton better this year. Uh, Dougie Hamilton, even though he had a couple turnovers, you could see when he really amped his game up, he was very good. Having Dennis Seidenberg back makes him better. Tuka Rask is a year more mature. I think they're a lot better in a lot of areas. I, I think they're the best team in the Eastern Conference. I'm not changing on that. I won't change even when we're at game 40, barring injuries, obviously. But I think this team is extremely good, and I like the energy of a young player like Craig Cunningham. Um, I love the energy of Bobby Robbins. Um, they obviously got last night done without David Krejci and Gregory Campbell. This is a really good team. They're, they're really a good team, and they're going to be a ton of fun to watch. Go ahead, Christian. Hey, uh, so let's talk about uh, Sedano Char, right? So, I mean, older guy, 37 years old. I mean, it seems like he's getting a lot of minutes, you know, he's banging around a lot. You know, if, if the most important time for him is to be at 100% in the postseason, how do you talk to a guy like Sedano Char and monitor his minutes and, ma- and make sure that he's 100% when it really matters? Christian, you know the dialogue between a coach and a player is so important, especially at the professional level, and there has to be a level of trust from the coaches for the, to the player and the player to the coaches, and even when the trainers get involved. And 
at some point they're going to have to have that discussion with Zidano. He's in phenomenal condition. I spent a lot of time with him the previous two days to today, and, and I have to tell you, it was uh, phenomenal to be around him. Uh, he's as fit as he's ever been. He's as gung-ho about the game as he's ever been. He's in year 17 as an NHL player, which is unbelievable, and year 18 as a professional. Remember the one lockout season where he played over in Sweden uh, with Sheldon Surrey. I mean, I, I look at it, and he is uh, he's going to have to have that conversation at some point with Claude Julien. I think they will. It's going to affect him later on in the season if he's logging the big minutes like he did last night, but I think he's going to be just fine. I really do. Pierre McGuire with us from NBC on Middays with MFB. On the positive side for the Bruins last night, Pierre, I thought Soderberg was great offensively setting up both of those goals, getting both plays going, and I thought Bergeron did a fantastic job against Giroux. His line in general did a great job against Giroux and his line. Uh, those are two positives I took away. How about you? Oh, I would agree with you, Tim. I couldn't agree with you more. The other thing is I thought Tuca, when he had to be, was really good. I thought Kevin Miller played a solid physical game. I like the way Tory Krug started to jump into the rush, uh, and I love the way that the Bruins defenseman really held the offensive blue line. And probably more importantly than anything else, they're much more aggressive offensively. I know it didn't translate because I thought Steve Mason for Philadelphia played a great job, so the scoreboard's not indicative of that. But uh, by and large, they're a much more aggressive offensive team, Tim, and I think that's really important for them. You know, Pierre, uh, at the end of last year, uh, Peter Shirelli came out talking about, and Sean Thornton actually left, and saying that fourth line maybe getting away from it, that the league is trending away from fighting, yet the league's, the, the line's going to look very similar with Bobby Robbins. The question I would have for you is, with Mike Milbury saying they should get do away with fighting, I know we've asked you before, will they ever just do away with fighting? Your thoughts on that? I don't think so. I don't think they'll ever do away with it. I think the penalty will become much more draconian uh, for fighting, um, where potentially you're kicked out of a game like it is in college. Um, but I don't see that happening. Christian could probably speak to this just because of the concussion trauma that's gone on in the NFL and, and the lawsuit and then the settlement. Uh, I, I, we obviously had that coming down the road in the National Hockey League as well. And so I think that's something that the league's really aware of. Um, but I always think there's going to be, because we don't have out of bounds and everybody's locked into the playing surface, it's hard to get away from that. Everybody's moving at 30 to 35 miles an hour. They're playing on sharp-edged objects, and they have sticks in their hands. I mean, stuff's going to happen. It's just the reality of the game. You know, Pierre, when I talk about fighting in hockey, I'm not a big proponent of fighting in hockey. I don't like fighting in hockey. But if it happens, I don't get Pollyannish about it. Like, it's the worst thing I've ever seen. Right. You know, if, if right. a fight breaks out in basketball, I'm not morally offended. Somebody gets thrown out of the game, maybe he gets suspended for a game. Uh, same thing in football. You throw a punch, you get thrown out of the game. I don't think it has to go too terribly much beyond that. I just feel like the legislation of fighting makes it look like the league is complicit. And when I hear what Mike Milbury is saying, like he did last night, that so many things are going on, we have to get away from it, I feel like that's the important part for hockey, to make it look like they're trying to get away from being complicit to the act of fighting. Is that a fair way to well, describe I it? Oh, absolutely. I think that's really well said. I think that's more than fair, too, and that's why I brought up the NFL lawsuit and why um, we have attorneys in Minnesota and Texas right now uh, putting together former players from the National Hockey League that I have experienced brain trauma and concussion. You know, one of the worst things I ever saw in my career was um, Eddie Jovanovski one-punching Adam Denmarsh and basically ending Adam Denmarsh's career. Adam Denmarsh was a phenomenal player, made in the National Hockey League mm -hmm. as an 18-year-old. Stanley Cup champion player, um, and that basically changed Adam Denmarsh's whole life. 
And and so you know when you see that and you're as close to it as I had the chance to be that night, I mean that's 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 scary stuff when you see a human being's life change like that. So I think what Mike said is really appropriate, and I think the way you phrased it was outstandingly appropriate. You know, Pierre, when they the Bruins traded away Johnny Boychuk, we all kind of the name was up, right? The name we were thinking that right. this could possibly happen, but uh, I think a lot of people are hoping that it didn't. Well, it actually goes through now. Is that? Is that a problem for Peter Shirelli? I mean, do you look at this roster and say, you know, you got to the point where you had to trade away a top four guy uh, because of maybe some monies you gave up from everybody else? Because I, I think that's an area they're going to end up looking for as the season goes on because of now because of the whole of Boychuk. I'm going to support Peter on this because general managers have to have a forward-thinking vision, and one of the things is you want to lock up your key players long term, and he's been able to do that quietly without a lot of fanfare. Secondly, because you're in the cap era. It's hard to keep everybody. You love to keep everybody, but it's hard to do that. Um, and so what he's looking at is down the road, what he's going to have to do with Riley Smith, what he's going to have to do with Tory Krug, what he's going to have to do with Carl Soderberg, uh, who he thinks are really important players for his team. Uh, so I totally understand the predicament that was facing him, and it's not an easy thing to deal with. Uh, but again, there, there are times, in a, and getting two second-round picks and potentially a third for Johnny is huge. I mean, in a perfect world, everybody wants Johnny Boychuk. Not one of those players wanted Johnny Boychuk to leave. But that's just the reality of where you are because of the cap. It's really difficult. It's it's more difficult than people know. It really is. Well, could they have could they have looked at maybe at the bottom of that roster, like more of those fringe players? A guy like Matt Barkowski, you know, maybe someone like him and yeah. you know somebody else, a Gregory Campbell or Chris Kelly or someone, rather than losing a core guy, top four guy. But then you're going to lose Johnny Boychuk at the end of this year. That's that's basically what's going to happen. And so I think you're trying to dull the pain first because you think you have enough internal assets. I understand your point as well. Yeah. I mean, it's again, it's really complicated. But I'm just telling you, uh, Johnny was going to hit the mother load um, at the end of this year, and he will hit the mother load. And that's why it's extremely difficult for everybody to understand, well, why did you trade him? Well, because there are four or five other guys, and Soderberg's one of them, by the way, who has a chance to be an unrestricted free agent at the end of this coming season. And I'm telling you, I, I expect he's going to be a 60- to 70-point player this year. That's a really good player on an NHL team, a really good player. So, Pierre, so two questions. Who do you got uh, challenging uh, the Boston Bruins in the East, and is there a team that nobody's talking about that you believe, based on your research and what you're seeing, can challenge everybody in the East? Well, I think Tampa Bay's a very good team, and I know a lot of people are talking about them, but I would look out for the Tampa Bay Lightning. I'd be uh, a little bit nervous about them. It's going to be interesting to see how everything translates in Pittsburgh um, because it is a little bit of a different roster. It's a different coaching philosophy going from Danny Bilesma uh, to Mike Johnston. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, but I, I don't see a lot of people really able, and, and I say this with respect to the, like the New York Rangers, who obviously uh, went to the, the Stanley Cup final, Tim. I, I don't know if there's a team outside of Tampa and maybe Pittsburgh that's going to be able to play and have enough depth to play against Boston. Boston's just that good. I mean, Montreal's really good. I just don't know if they're big enough to play against Boston when Boston's healthy. Boston's a really, really good team. Finally, Pierre, what was it like when that two-on-one collision happened before the fight when uh, Shen came over to bail out Ronaldo and go up against Robbins? That happened right in front of you, didn't it? Yeah, I did. Well, I called it the Malachi Crunch. Oh, yeah, I like that. Um, that was a tremendous reference, days. by the way. Thank you. They uh, they were mad, obviously, at Ronaldo because earlier he'd gone after Tory Krug. He'd gone after Seidenberg. 
the Bruins were kind of showing their muster and saying, you're not doing that in our place and you're not doing that to some of our, one of our smaller guys and to one of our guys who's coming back from major knee surgery. So, uh, the Bruins showed a whole lot of energy and, 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 you know, I guess team spirit and togetherness. And I thought it was a pretty bold move. I mean, uh, but Ronaldo's a tough kid. He's a tough kid. He says, oh, God, he said, he, he said something along the lines of, I think they're mad at me now. <laughs> he said to me when he came back from the, it was pretty loud. By the way, the crowd last night was fantastic. They were really loud. So that was great. It was hey, really good. Do you think Robbins can play? I mean, can he play beyond just being a fighter? Uh, you know what? His skating ability is good enough. I haven't seen a lot of the hand skills, but um, if he can skate, it, it, we used to call this when I was coaching the league a hit and run player. You know, you go up and down the wing, and you hit a guy, and then you move on to the next guy. You call him a hit-and-run player. And if he can do that without taking penalties and without getting into a lot of penalty trouble, then he can be a useful player for the team. But if if eventually that skating breaks down because of fatigue or the pace just becomes too great, then it's going to be problematic, I think. Pierre, thanks a bunch. Thanks, we Pierre. look forward to talking to you every week. Oh, my gosh. Great visiting with you guys. Take care. And uh, I guess the Patriots aren't dead yet, huh? No, they're not. Not yet, Pierre. Well, at least for this no, no, week. No. We're very <laughs> interested to see how this goes against Buffalo with that defensive line against the Pats' offensive line. But, yeah, uh, yes. they still have some life after what happened against the Bengals, that's for sure. I uh, I will be watching. All right, my Thanks, man. Pierre. Good I talking to you again. I enjoy watching, man. I enjoy watching the Patriots. They're good. Pierre McGuire right. from NBC. He was uh, on the call right. last night as the Bruins beat the Flyers in Game 1 of the 2014-15 NHL season.